Hemshechayim Beis, Volume 1, Discourse 16, Chapter 61, we're up to. Page uh, 10113. Kofi Gimel, the bottom of the page. Summary time. Okay. This last chapter was intimidating, if I could say. Um, so let me sum up the last chapter. First of all, sum up the context. We're now discussing, he's going deeper into the role of transcendence. I think it's very important to ground everything. Let's remember, the Hemshechayim Beis began with Bishar Shekdimu, Shvuas Maimer, Shvuas 1912, and the Rebbe Rasha began with the issue of Keser. When the Jews prefaced Nasser before Nishma, God bound for them two crowns. Two crowns. One for Nasser, one for Nishma. And the Rebbe Rasha went to a discussion, what is crown? Right there, talk about language. Crown. What's a crown? So we know an example, a crown. A king wears a crown. But in Kabbalah and Chassidus, Keser is a whole different thing. He went to three interpretations of Keser. Bottom line, Keser in the language of Chassidus is Rotsen. It's the desire, it's the first interface, how God creates and interacts with existence. That he desires it. To explain this desire, this Rotsen, which he calls Makif, transcendent, went a long explanation of 46 chapters on the concept of imminence, meaning the presence within, which is enclosed, pervasive, um, within existence. Yeah, pervasive sounds also too um, intrusive for my taste. Some people translate pervasive. It sounds like invasive. You know, all pervasive is like when a guy like, like, like an infection becomes all pervasive or something. Not necessarily a negative word, but the bottom line is that. So to explain the structure of existence, to explain transcendence, he explains first the structure. So you cannot learn to transcend the structure before you know what the structure is about. And now, since chapter 46, been developing it and comparing it to the imminent, the comparison of desire and faculties, rotsen and keiches, in the human being, also, and above, we're creating the divine image. So also the divine image, meaning that God has the rotsen, the will for something. And, the, and Eris and Kalim, the spheres, is like the faculties, the kreches. So if you think about the supernal man, or the Malian, there too, there's a desire, keser, and ten spheres. So that's the structure and transcendence. And then he moved into the union of Eir and Shefa, the example of energy and, well, two types of transmission. Two types of emanations. Maybe that's also transmission, emission. Because you see, Hamshacha would be more of a transmission or emission. Emanation is more of a ha'ara. They're all correct. So there's two types of transmissions from the divine. One is called Er, which is, you can say, more of a loof. It's not of substance, it's ayin. It doesn't impact the source and doesn't require effort. And Shefa is different in all those three matters. And one is an example for the transcendent. The transcendent is somewhat apart and above than the mamala, the pnimi, which is imminent. Now he moved on to transcendence impact on existence. Because that's, of course, the bottom line. All these transcendent levels 
the, by definition, being transcendent, the question is what relationship do they have with us, if they do at all. The imminent, it's very clear. It's very clear that, for example, the faculties, if you don't have imminent energy, or kaychus primim, you don't have the energy going into your fingers, into your heart, into your mind, into your body. You don't have the structure of existence. The transcendent energy, because it's outside of it, so to speak, so the question is, how what relationship does it have with us? Clearly has a relationship, or else it wouldn't exist. What's the relationship? So initially, in describing the two energies, the Rebbe Rashab said, transcendent energy, Bayer, is gili ha'etzim. It's like rotsim. All it is is an agent of the source. It's the source communicating what it desires. Er primi, imminent energy, is the energy that is about the object, the goal. And therefore it is specific, it's tailored, in all the details of its imminence within existence. So the, 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 the latter, the imminent, is clearly that is the relationship with existence. That's what shapes the details. The, the transcendent force, the desire, or the air, which is only, as he says, Gilead, not Kidei Lifel, not to impact. And the words they used, very strong words much earlier, were that the SS spheres would not exist and not even Shaykh to exist if there were no worlds. The whole thing is for existence. There's no reason for SS spheres or 10 spheres. So they're very, very loud and clear. Whereas the other energy, in essence, would also not exist if God doesn't want it. But it has a fundamental role. It's just revealing the essence. You could say, why do you need the revelation of the essence? Fine. But the point being is that the, the, the imminent energy is very clear its, its purpose. So to understand what means not Kedei Lifel, this has been the discussion in the last few chapters, beginning from beginning of Shaftim, beginning from chapter... Um, uh, I'm sorry, it's in chapter Kiseitze, no, not Shaftim, Kiseitze, the Maimon, chapter 57, that the word Kedei Lifil is that you have to really understand that essentially its function is not to have a function. The function of transcendence is to give us a taste of a life without, uh, let's call it personal interest. I'm using now more practical terminology. In other words, the life that gives, the imminent life, the imminent light and energy that enlivens, energizes the world, its purpose is to give life to this universe. So it reckons with this world. You know, there, there's a difference between daimim, tzemeya, chai, medaber, between mineral, vegetable, animal, man, and so on. There's a difference between all the different levels of existence. The desire level, as we said, is just an agent of the divine. What, is it, so what, is it, what, what does it mean it's not in order to have a function? The point is, it's in order to give us a taste. What is God like? Not for our interest. So he uses, especially at the end of the Maimon, when he speaks about Naveda, what does he say? He says the difference between Naveda um, Pitamvadas, Kabbalah Sel, Bitla Pitamvadas, and Bitl Nara Pitamvadas. That's been the, the Rebbe Rashab's direct example. Not an actual Maimon, at the end of the Maimon. And he says the difference is one is a bitl that is a, a rational conclusion. Rational conclusion that you're a human being. I'm not self-made. I can't just follow my own desires and whims and temptations. So I need to, I come to recognize, I'll be rational, that there's a higher purpose to my life. Something that most people come to, that doesn't mean they always follow. But it's something that is, is a rational, uh, you come to such a And you see from process 
from the from the negative. You see that a person who lives his life based on his own desires is usually self-destructive and ends up hurting himself and hurting others. So you can come to what they call ethical monotheism simply through the rule. The Nazis followed what they wanted and look what they did. So we have the idea of a rational type of approach. This would be Mamala Kalam in Aveda. That's imminent energy. If you don't even have that, then you're just following not even the containers, you're just doing whatever you want. But recognizing that is recognizing and in a rational way that you can relate to the need for accepting there's something higher than ourselves. But that's a bitl that's on your terms. Still on your terms. You'll only do it as much as your seichel is mechaev, as much as your mind tells you. You'll do it because there's a benefit. And there's all kinds of limitations to it. Then there's a Kabbalah sale that's Lamail Matam Vidas. You don't do it for any reason except because that's what God is about. Now, the question is whether you can come to that without the first step. So you could say that every Neshama has that deeper Kabbalah cell because he's a part of godliness, which he does say. But however you come to it, this type of bitl is, as he said, the keli for this bitl is no keli. What I said, what I mentioned yesterday. Meaning, here the whole point is that it should not be following your logic and so on. So if you ask the question, what is this energy like? This energy is not about function. As soon as it has something that it serves you, it defeats the purpose. So this type of, this is what's called that kedelifel. It's not in order to have a function to, because function compels reason, and, com, and reason compels that you have some type of erach, uh, some type of relationship with it. This is no relationship. This is God in his, as close, well let's put it not the essence yet, but it says God in his, on his terms. So every day Kabbalah Sayel, when you say Moida'ani, it's expected at least come to a rational understanding that you acknowledge your soul was returned to you this morning. Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, there it's expected once a year, connect to that thing that is completely not about you. That understood? So there you have an Aveda. I think it makes it easier to understand. But now go back, let's go to the Haskal of it, to the Seichel of it. That there's two energies that emanate from the divine. One is going to be, its function is to create existence and reckon with existence. And, you know, it's almost like a, uh, call it a babysitter. But it's like a person who's involved with you on a day-to-day basis, reckons with your moods and intentions and stuff like that. And where do you stand? Then there's another energy. Huh? And it's the life force. And it's the life force. Well, it's the life force in details because everything does originate. We're going to get to that in a minute. From the origin, from the, and, and then there's an energy that is exists that's here in existence, but we called it makif and primi. Makif as opposed to primi, and its its uh, function is not to have a function. In that sense, it's not a function in existence. Its function is to express godliness. Its function is to give us a type of sense of something beyond existence. That's real transcendence. So that means, so that's what he explains. So if you talk about the etzim of this ayir, I'm going to a chapter, use these words, in chapter 59. He said, if you talk about the etzim of the ayir, uh, one second, not 59, what am I talking about? 57. If you talk about the etzim of the ayir, you want to know what the etzim of who's, what's the personality of this ayir? It's Gilea etzim. It's not here to to, to, to to create any functions. It's not kedelif. It's not to have an impact and so on. If you want to talk the ispastus meaning how the air manifests in existence, 
it is transcendence. It does have an impact. The impact is that it should it should elevate us to a point that's higher than existence. That's what he says in chapter 59. Then went the whole discussion of what is transcendence. It basically goes deeper now. That the, the truth is the Er Makif is really informs everything. It's the root of creation. It's what drives the, the imminent energy as well. It's what drives all the Giluim. Think of it like this. Mamala Kalalman is, is required because the artist needs a paintbrush and needs to, stro- to create individual strokes and details in the painting. But what drives the paintbrush? What drives his arm? What drives his intelligence is that so-called all-encompassing, transcendent desire for existence. Or even higher than desire, as he says. So, as a matter of fact, he even said actually that you're talking about the etzim of the air, of this air, is even higher. It has no name for it. All you can call it is ain't safe. Air ain't self. If you want to call it whatever your name, that's already how the air becomes spashtus air. So we have two levels also in the transcendent energy. The way it's its essential personality, just revealing the essence, the source, it's expressing the source. And then there is its manifestation, so to speak, to that which is outside of the source, and that is called desire. So it's still, it doesn't say that, but, uh, you know, probably some close to that. Um, and then there's the imminent energy. So now he's established now transcendence is everywhere, but it's concealed. That was chapter 60. Chapter 60, uh, that was chapter, I'm sorry, got my numbers, 58. And then 59, started explaining how these makifim have more connection to us. And it goes deeper because it's a shayich ala pnimi. Makif is shayich te pnimi. What are those two levels in transcendence? So if you wanted to review this, let's say, you know, for, on your own, I would say, uh, you know, after, again, I, I did the summary after after the 46 chapters is Er Pnimi. From 46 till around 50 is like Rotsen and Kechis. Then in chapter um, 50, until 52, I'm sorry, 53 begins Er and Shefa. So we got 46, 47 through 52. 53 through, um, that Maimar of Shaftim primarily, through 56 is Er and Shefa, the two types of this, and 57 begins now a deeper discussion in, the, in, in um, this role of the transcendent. And specifically, that, the general 57 is about, as I just said, is the, <coughs> is the meaning, the etzem and ispashtus, that in the air itself there's an etzem and ispashtus. 58 is the nature of transcendence. What is transcendence and how does it... Uh, affect everything in existence. And 59 begins now the relationship of transcendence with us. That's the makifim pratim. And each level has its transcendent dimension. How could there be details? We just said transcendence is transcendence. Because on the other end of things, in the source, transcendence is just revealing the essence. But on the other end of the interface, transcendence now is connecting to existence. I mean, it's, tr- it's tremendous, the, the map here. So immanence is basically the energy within existence. That's this side of things. The world, from the world's perspective. So we know there's not just Kalim, there's also Eris in Kalim. And there's Era Chesed and so on. Then goes the transcendent dimension, which you could think is all above. 
Now the interface requires that the transcendent start having a relationship with Panimi. What's the interaction basically between the transcendent and the imminent? Because this is key. When you find the formula for this, you find the formula for balance in life. Too much transcendence is like too much Ratsai, then you know you, you can't go to work after a sheer nine days. Right? Too much uh, imminence is too much resolution. Instead of there's no tension, then you become comfortable with your life. There's no growth. You know, so angst is perfect. Anxiety is too much. Uh, plain what what the, um, would be just a person is like you know someone told me the other day that I, I too much uh, the life is too many ups and downs. I'd like to be able to have just a you know plain simple life. It's cardiac arrest. Exactly what I said to him. So I said to him, you ever see a cardiogram? What's a flat line? That's plain. There's no no ups and downs, my friend. It's a plain line like this. You don't want to see that. You want huh? Yeah, you want to see it like this. You don't want to see, uh, you know, extremes. You want to have a nice balance. That's life. Rhythm. You know, you see it looks beautiful. It's like a wave, right? Exactly. It's ups and downs. It's a contraction, expansion. So we need the perfect balance. So transcendence is required. You have to have that hunger, that thirst for something more, or else you're, you're, uh, as I say, if you're not busy living, you're busy dying. That's the expression they use. Yeah. So, yeah, there's, there's existential survival. So there's that, that measure of transcendence. Um, but you can't have it every day. I heard from Gershom Elgar Elik, who was once in the early years, in Kippur, night after, after Yom Kippur. So the meal was upstairs in those years, was upstairs in the Friedrich Rebbe's apartment. So the Rebbe was there. You know, the Seder was there, everything. Uh, that was till 1970, 71. Rebbe Tzina passed away then. Um, so they were there, and uh, the Rebbe was rushing for some reason. So, you know, of course, they would serve the Rebbe first, and when the Rebbe would stop eating, everybody would stop. So there was a little, uh, uh, really, uh, there was a little, uh, what's going on, beat the clock type of thing. So they gave the Rebbe soup. The Rebbe took one, uh, one, one spoon and put it aside. So nobody ended up getting soup, obviously. But they, so they took the soup away. So he says, Mayor Friedman, he makes Mayor Friedman. Yeah. Mayor Friedman was there. It's Saul Friedman's brother. Maybe Saul Friedman's brother. He was there, and he was there. He took the soup and drank it all up. You know, from the Rebbe's room. So the, and sitting there was a, one of the Choshev, older Chassidim at the time, Zelik Slanim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they took over the table, so instead of taking it back, he just drank it up. In it. So Zelik Slanim was there. Zelik Slanim was a Choshev Chassid from, from Yerushalayim, but his family came. He was from the Mitla Rebbe's... Uh, Right, family that was in Chevron and so on. So he was in Choshva Chosid, so he was sitting there, he was very, he says, Mayor, it's Nisim Chastei Rahind. You know, this is Mosheh Yom Kippur. The Rebbe didn't even raise his head, he just said, quietly, he said, Bameir is Sim Chastei Every day is Sim So for some people, transcendence is every day. For some, obviously, it's not for everybody. Say the Rebbe, exactly. <laughs> so the point is, anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's transcended. Um, no. That's how used to wake up the boys. Ruben, Ruben, Ruben. What's the Yeah. Right. So bottom line is, this is a critical juncture. I mean, everything is critical because this is like all about 
the connections. And I once asked a surgeon I knew uh, that, and I said, when you make, he does heart surgery, he said to him, when you, you know, reconnect, when you disconnect and reconnect, he said, how many things? He said, thousands. I mean, not they all have to do thousands, they don't have to always do thousands of things, but thousands of connections. I said, so how many, how many connections does a human being have? He says, you understand? It's like he said, it's one big interface. I don't know if that was the word he used. In other words, everything is like, if, if the nerve is not connected, that there's the vein, there's the artery, there's this, this. It's a constant connection thing. And you miss one, God forbid, it affects everything. So in this particular, and it's clear, I.M. Bayes is clearly an encyclopedia of interfaces. I don't know if that's the right word to use, but it's, uh, it's all about, because interface is the key. It's the key to balance. So right now, when we started in chapter 59, I'm just putting it in context. It makes it a lot easier to understand why. Because I, 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 you know, going back to the last chapter, sixty, it's really that's what he's working with. What's the connection? That's why you DM here. You'll see in a second the connection. So fifty-nine gets gets into exact. So how do these two interact? Okay, fine. We have now transcendence and we have immanence. What's their interaction with each other? We made it clear also transcendence is not kedelifel, and I explained that already. The etzemayer, the spashosayer, so on. Is the different levels that fundamentally it's a tr- it's an energy that's just revealing the source. But how does it manifest? Think of it this way. This is maybe a good example. I mentioned the, the two servants. A servant, God, uh, the, the king sends a messenger to let the people know that he exists. That's it. There's nothing. Not, not, I'm not asking you anything to do. I just want you to know that I'm around. Or about you know some. So that messenger, there's two stages. There's the messenger, he's inside the king's palace, where the king says, I want you to go. There, you can't even say there's a function. There's no function. Because he's all he's doing is right now, he's, he's going to just reveal, he's just revealing what the king wants, and he leaves. Now when he comes among the people, you can call it somewhat of a function, but it's a function that's not a specific thing that the king sends him to do this or do that, dig a well, or... or um, it's a function... That's just that its purpose is transcendence. It's it's uh, it's not. It's, that's what he said. That its its nature is iron. It's not fundamentally no hislapshus going on. Not because it's such a powerful energy and it, and and it's too great for the containers. Because it's its source. It was, it's never meant to go into containers. It's not its goal. That's what he said. Containers don't contain it. And you want this always. This is a very important point that I I, I think I miss, and I don't say misstated because you could pick about transcendence as relative. Like I said, you, what he says in the Tehrev, Ashanon, he says, Vidaita there, he says like this, that today, what is knowledge today, was yesterday faith. So that's like a child. When you were a child, you sat down faith, you got a little older, you learned it, it makes total sense to me. There are many things like that, examples. Then you grow, every day you grow, and every day you reach another plateau, another horizon, that's Makif, and this is Pnimi. That, that, here it's far deeper than that. That, there, it's a matter of relative energy. So it's like a student can't yet hear the idea directly, so he hears it more uh, generally until he integrates it. But there's another thing here. There's a certain element that always remains beyond Kalim, which means we have to always recognize there's something outside of our structure. It's something like quantum mechanics, if you want to say, you know why? Because it's like what Heisenberg showed was not that we lack the right uh, tools to measure certain things. You know, certain things you could say, we don't yet know. Yet. We'll do a little more research, you'll find it. Something is hidden. It's hidden in a certain place, 
And if you dig deep enough, you'll find it. But then there are states of being that never can be measured. They're just not measurable. Because I was, I saw this from the end of, in chapter fifty-nine, where he speaks about. Uh, um, um, was it fifty-nine? Was it? No, no, no. I'm sorry, fifty-seven again. And then fifty-seven, he said that Shmei Shemaim Leichol He goes back that nothing can contain it. Which means even when it's coming down, even the highest levels cannot contain it. And there's nothing wrong with that. In other words, it's beginning to train us, because many of us think, many people think, Mashiach will come, I'll, I'll understand everything. No. You know what you're going to be? You'll be at peace that you don't have to understand everything. Today you think you have to be in control. You'll come to realize you don't have to understand everything. There's things you experience, not through uh, through Kalim. Some things you experience, Jesus by Kalim, some things you don't. Now the interesting twist is, Later we're going to learn that when you become at peace with that, then you take it become bislapshes. Then you take it can become one with it, but not on your terms. In other words, when we say that save of a mamala will become one, we're not saying save is only going to become a mala. It means that you're premius, like you'll be able to see godliness. Today, you only see physical things. You'll be able to see it just as you see flesh. We're all called but it's not saying that suddenly God is going to become. A physical thing, God forbid. It means the beyond will become as real to you as that which was is within. That's what it means. So, for example, today, today we don't, we're not at peace. Like you know, there's an expression that says in the Mishnah, it says, uh, the end. Of, no, sorry, the end of the Gemara. It says, "Talmid Chacham or Tzadikim Ein Lemanucha Lebelam Hazav Lebelam Hab." They have no peace, not in this world, not in the world to come. Then the question is, it says, "Yem Shekulei Shabbos Lemanucha Lechaylam." Exactly the same word. Here, ain't la menucha, and yem shekule shabbos menucha. It'll be complete menucha. And you can't answer that's two different stages, because it talks about the same period. So I think the Masha, or he alludes to it, the Rebbe, I remember saying, the answer being that by tzaddikim, there's two types of not menucha. There's, there's heder menucha, not lack of peace of mind when you're just disturbed by something. You have anxiety, you're disturbed. Then there's a lack of peace, that's gedusha. There, you'll be at peace with no. You'll be at peace with not having peace. When you say tzaddikim enlam nucha yelchem chayil chayil, that they're constantly growing and they're never at peace with where they are, that's a very healthy state. They're not anxious or disturbed or confused or lost. They are at peace. They're at peace that life is not one place. Most of us cannot relate to that. Most of us we have no problems at times working hard, but we know there's a reward at the end of the rainbow. You know, vacation, weekend, and so on. A tzaddik and a tamal chacham are just at peace, that constant movement, and they'll never just have this type of retirement state. It's not just retired state. So, for us to understand being at peace with that is not, you know, we'd rather not think that way. We'd rather think that there is times you can just lay back. Now, this doesn't mean that there's no laying back. There's always stages, like even Moshe Rabbeinu, between Pasha and Pasha, there's a hefzik. But the point of the matter is, there's recognizing at all times that while something is imminent, it's also there's also something that's transcendent and will always be transcendent. You can climb the ladder how high that transcendence will be, but to think that we're ever going to just enter Atmos and then just go on, on, on a vacation, it's not the case. You know. So therefore, the point being, and I hope that doesn't burst anybody's bubbles, you know, Everybody was hoping that Mashiach's comes will be a big retirement village. Yeah. And we'll just be lounging on the beach. 
you know what? You won't even want that. Because this, so point, point that I'm being, point being that transcendence therefore begins to now uh, become a reality, an ongoing reality, even while you're living in an imminent world. So in chapter 59, made that case, and made the case, that there's the transcendence that we spoke about, like, is that informs the, the Pnimi. What does that mean? That within, to explain this, how is this possible? How can you balance these two forces? Transcendence and imminence. So the answer is, because the whole imminent energy began in transcendent energy. It didn't begin on its own. Uh, it didn't start its own. It doesn't have its own uh, root. It began. Remember we said? That's where you started jumping. The steps. That the, 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 the transcendent energy, that's where the Shir Atzmei B'Kayach took place. Where did the Esosphere Sagnuzes, where were they, where's their genesis? Where were they shaped? Where were they, uh, what's the word, their origins? Their origins is in transcendent energy. However, it's not called transcendent then, because there's no element, so you can't call it Sevev. It's just reality. What's the reality? Divine expression. Divine expression is the root of all imminent energy. So the truth is, we think of it usually the other way around. We have a world with a structure. And you know what? I've discovered now there's something beyond the structure. Really, the whole thing is the opposite way around. Existence is God's expression. That expression that at some point decided, at some point, is that I want to have a particular structure. That structure is fundamentally Eirein Sof. From the perspective of the, from above, it's another form of divine expression. We see it as levels. So in truth is, imminence is transcendence. You see what's going on here? So it's not just transcendence informs the imminent, not just that there's always an element, the, tran- the imminent really is transcendent, which turns the whole thing upside down. This is so far from the way, I would say, mainstream thinking was before Chassidus, except maybe the Mekobolim, because the, everything you say is, you know, we have an existence, and we have to now align it with Teirah. That would be a Das Teira approach, without naming names. You know, you align it with Teira. Ish halacha. You have arms, don't use them to hurt someone, use them to give tzedakah. You have eyes, don't look the brown place, use them. Become a walking model of what God wants you to be on this world. And Teira halacha tells you to go. Now, you also have an element that is, requires some, that, that searches for something beyond. So some will say, let's go a step further, this is already not the classic, uh, let's call it, um, whatever, pure nigla approach. Um, and so you have Yedaitis Hashem. Okay, know God. Vahaftas Hashem, love God. You have elements that are a little more than just uh, being a, a machine aligned with the God's desire. I'm not m- minimizing that at all. If a person lives a halacha 24-7 and is a walking uh, markava, that's fine. you know. But now there's also beyond, there's transcendent. But you could say the transcendent, fine. So I have some transcendence. But God is completely in a different place. I don't really have a relationship with God himself. I have God, a relationship relative to my thing. I, 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 Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur, we go a little more into transcendence. Shabbos. But beyond that, no. Siddhis comes, and especially here he's explaining, it's the other way around. Not only do you have a connection with beyond, this whole existence is a piece of that beyond. So it's not like from you climb, you climb this way. But if you really want to know the picture, the picture is that it's all about divine expression. It's all about God. 
And it's God that is the one that created and shaped Mamalakalam. And through the imminent, not only do you get a transcendence, you go all the way back to that place. And that's the goal, is to have that connection. But obviously you can't get there without first going through the levels below. So bottom line, imminence is an expression of the transcendent. How's that? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's an even higher level. Then chapter 60 is where we... Oh, you're asking me. <coughs> you, have, you have to distinguish between two gvuls. In the nine bases, key to distinguish is gvul, as in the Rishimu and the root of containers, kalim, and there's gvul, which is that he envisions existence. So, for example, taking the artist, there's the artist's picture of this one, one, one art that he wants to do, not infinite, you know, ten spheres, and then there's the actual kalim. Where does he get the paintbrush from? So, kalim is more or less the identity of existence. The air itself, all you'd have is you would not have an independent existence. So for the Kalim is coming from Atmos. That is a different thing. No, no. Imminent and transcendent are both in air. That's in air. I will say like this. Even Kalim are also Nisava through air. But if you really want to have it properly defined, I would say like this. I mean, I don't want to be too magusham here, but if you took Atmos, so one path is air, expression of energy. This energy begins with air Atmi, air Kedem Alesaratzen, then Alesaratzen. All energy. Ten spheres, Malchus Dein Sof, that's symptom now. Ah, now here's another thing. Another path is the Kechagvul Sheba Atmos. Now it also is going to be revealed through the other levels. It also is being carried through the air because air carries everything. But that's like air carrying something that it doesn't have on its own. So it's carrying the power of Hela. Like air is Gili. It's not Hela. But Atmos also has the power to conceal. So air also carries that power and where it manifests, the first place is the Tzimtzum. Later it will. No, later they'll meet. One second, let me go on. So the Kechagvul now is concealing all the energy, the imminent and the transcendent, the root of the imminent and the transcendent. Now there's a Rishimu. Then comes a Kav, Vaiter Eir. The Kav is coming from this Esosphere Sagnus. This is the next stage of the imminent energy. And the Kav will shape both Igulim and Yeshet. Again, transcendent and imminent energy. But it will also now bring to, suddenly, suddenly Kalim are going to emerge. But the Kalim are rooted from the Kechahelim, from the Atmos. Yeah, it carries, but not, but it's not his natural way of expression. So this is not. No, no, he's not talking about. That. One second, it carries it. Then suddenly you'll have an ark, a kudim, ten eris and one keli, and the kudim is ten eris and ten kelim. Then natsilis. There you finally have the imminent energy has now been diminished enough to join with the containers, which are also carried by the kav, but they're but they're helen. They're the power of concealment. Let's put it this way: we would not have a concealed existence if we didn't have kelim. If God created everything with imminent energy and there was no Kalim, no Rishim, and no this, then you have ten energies. They're very diminished, but you don't have an existence like ours. You don't have an independent reality. The concealment is a critical component. He doesn't talk about the concealment until almost, the, I think, the second volume, just for the record. He refers to it. He keeps saying several chapters. There's chapters where he says, 
that Keich HaGvula, Eir HaGvula he's talking about is not the Keich HaGvula of the Rishim. That's clear, very clear. What's what's missing from this? When you say Keich HaAtzmus, Lahavis Yesh, the Yesh HaNivra, She'ein Le'ilu V'siba, Achera Shekod Malay, Dafke Mekeich HaAtzmus, it can't be from Eir, because Atzmus Ein Le'ilu V'siba, that's in other words, Kalim. That is carried through Eir, but it's not an Eir's personality. Eir can't, Eir can reveal, Eir cannot create something that has no cause, it can only be from Atzmus. So there is a power of Atzmus that's revealed in the Yesh, that Eir reveals, carries, Brings into being, but Eir is not. It's not personality. Is not that. Now, because Eir is so bottle, it can relate to it, but not because of its own being. It's because it's bottled to the source, so it can relate to anything. It doesn't. Nothing is a stira. What's missing from this? What's, what's bothering you? You know what? You could say that. And there's different places that Chassidus speaks about that. You could say, like this, what you could say, that the same, that, that when the, the artist who has infinite, infinite potential chooses one, you could say maybe part of the Kayach Atzimus of Helam is coming into play. But it's not at all, but you can't compare it to how it comes into play with real Kalim. That's for sure not. Eidus Mitzuyotim are not Kalim. That, that's clear. You can, the question is, is that Seer and Eir coming somewhat affected by the Keich HaGvul that's going to create the containers? That's the question. You could say that. And some Amorim, here he did not, there's nothing conclusive here. He doesn't go there. And some Amorim, you definitely can say that. You, found, you heard what I just said? Yeah. Or, or you could argue, no, that it's still a part of Eir, that Eir is saying, I want a specific Eir. Ultimately, obviously, it's one God, so it's 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 it's... it's and he knows his big plan. So the question, but you're really talking. The question is, how much does it have it on its own personality? That it's in there. That air knows it's going to enter a keli for sure because it's in the program. You know, it's embedded in the air that it has to do that. But the question is, ask the real question is, how much of air on its own has that? That's relevant already in Aveda. Understand how much of it is part of the air? How much of it is, is imposed on the air? This is the whole balance. The whole balance of life is finding what is natural to you and that you can integrate and what is beyond you and then finding a way that these two meet and they don't destroy each other. It's the key to the interface. I mean, a perfect example. Uh, a religious fanaticism is a perfect example. Let's say even, you know, like, uh, let's not use the uh, modern examples. Take uh, Rav Shimon Bayechoy, comes out of the, of, the, of, the, of the cave, he's hiding, and he, wherever he looks at, after 12 years, starts burning. So God says, you're not ready. Go back for the 13th year, by mitzvah. Mature more. Moichin the godless, whatever. And now come out, wherever he went, he was repaired. Two, two examples that every one of us deals with. How much do you tolerate when you see somebody doing something that's not al pi Or that's not appropriate? Is it tolerating and that's like accepting it? Or is it... Not tolerating, you know that the way to fix it is through helping inspire them instead of fighting with them or, or destroying them. The key to everything is how do you create the balance? Nichnas b'shalom v'yotzer b'shalom. I mean, wherever you go, you'll find this this battle everywhere. Parents and children, teachers and students, from people less. How do you deal? You know, how do you have enough love 
At the same time, not to, you know, you can't not, not have discipline, and so on and so forth. Finding that balance is the key to everything in life, and also in our personal lives, psychologically. How do you grow without like if someone, someone? Let's say you did something wrong. How do you you can beat yourself up and demoralize yourself to the point of of, of self annihilation, or you can feel motivated to grow further. You want to grow. This is a and, and there's no area in life that this does not. I'm just giving real practical examples. You want to go back in the shade of Shadvarim? That's what it comes down to. <coughs> the aid communicates divine reality, a higher reality. That's clear. The imminent air divines God's reality, God's energy is as a context of existence. Kalim is existence for all practical purposes. So we're not talking about Kalim per se. Kalim is the product. We're talking the energy involved in the process. Well, it depends where you talk. If you're talking in the root, it's the balance between the imminent and the transcendent energy. If you're talking down here, like the chapter 60 where we learned yesterday, now you're talking how it applies to us. Remember how transcendence and imminence work with each other before the symptom is how they're going to work once there is an existence. So, so he speaks on both, here in Ayin Bey's right here, he's speaking on both levels. That would be the difference between Etzim Eir and Espasho Seir, basically. You know, it's whatever happens before the symptom is going to have an impact of how the same energy is going to be after the symptom. See what I just said? Since imminent energy is rooted in transcendent energy before the symptom, let's not even use those words. It's rooted in the source of the so-called Eir Ein Sof, Svira Sein Ketz, or Bligvul. In there is rooted the Eir, the Eser Svira Sagmuzis, Atzilus the Klolus, Right? So that's why when it comes after the symptom and things become more emerge, they're, they're going to be a very different personalities. That's how I would say it. You know, especially specifically spoke. If you want to know, understand it, you have to understand its impact on our lives right now. But then you have to trace the roots. Why does it have such an impact? So to sum up what I've said basically is that transcendence in our lives is not just some novel experience. It's really reality. In its fullest sense of the word. If we would take off the glasses, the blocks, the blinds, right, you would see something we couldn't exist under the present circumstances. You'd see divine reality, which would not even a category of transcendence. That's reality. It's God's expression. But God wanted an existence like ours. So therefore you have, number one, imminent energy. It's defined energy, chesed, gvura, and so on. Then you have the kalim, and you have the yesh, which allows us to be independent of reality. And we climb the steps slowly to come to realize that. Now, now we're learning about it. But the goal is obviously to relate to it. Okay? So in the last chapter, now Samach, after establishing... The last chapter... Fine. The last chapter, 60, is a discussion of what is the purpose, what is the difference between the two makifim. You hear? The difference in the transcendence of before the tzimtzum, it's what he calls tihiri Allah, eagle ha'gadl, and the transcendence of after the tzimtzum, ak. So right now, the discussion now has gone now down to transcendence. What is the role of the transcendence of ak? Ak, as we spoke about, is not 
the energy before the symptom. It's the energy after the symptom, but it's skidaklolis, skidachas. There, there's one like a sketch that has all of existence in it. It's a snapshot. That ak is a reality, and he's discussing here what impact does it have on us. So in this chapter, he began by saying yeshlemer that the impact is begins with the bittel. Ak has a, a bittel because it's the closest reality to the divine, the closest thing in existence to the source, rather. So it says, the kema, the structure of Ak, which is the structure of all of existence, has complete bittel, a complete uh, sublimation, subjugation, sublimation to the divine. And in effect, therefore, also causes this bittel in existence. However, we have no sense of it. It's, hi- it's hidden and concealed. At the end of the chapter, he's going to explain that where does it express itself? It expresses itself at least in the fact that we can be kalim, we can, we're alive. The fact that divine energy can enter our existence means there's a little bit inside each of us, in a revealed way even. I mean, it's not revealed, but it's revealed in the sense that we could accept energy. In other words, if Ak had no effect on us, we could not, we could not exist. Because how can a divine energy enter a yesh that's absolutely uh, that, that that says I me 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 aniva afsiyed? How could the divine energy? So you have to say we have some receptivity at least to the life of it. He said even clippers have receptivity like that, and that comes from the bit lavak. That's the the bottom line in this chapter. So yes, the bit is a moyalak upon him she yuchlu lekabel chayes melakus. Okay. Okay. So that's where it's revealed. But nevertheless, there's a deeper bitl inside of existence, all because of Ak. So in other words, let's put it this way, there's potential transcendence in all of us. All the time. Because Ak is, is, is encompasses all of this. If there was no Ak, in other words, even though now we're no longer the sketch that the artist made, which is the Ak, Skira, the snapshot, now we're all little details in a piece of in a, in a piece of art. And we can convince ourselves, like he says, that uh, that we're Nifrid, the Gamri, that we're on our own. You know, think of it, you know, here's a good example. Each of us is a, is a, uh, a little figure or a stroke of a big painting. You're born, you don't even know that. Okay? You're one little image. Let's put it this way. It's a painting of seven billion people with trillions of, of other objects and cells and trees and animals and everything. It's a major painting. It's called the universe. It's a painting. The painting, if you go to Ak, you see the painting, the whole painting. If you go before the Simpson, there's no painting. There's an image in the divine uh, mind, or whatever you want to call it. There's no mind. But there's a, he's allocating resources for it. Let's put it this way. Okay? There's no Kalim, there's no Eris even. 
All that is is a divine expression. So it's all in the form of divine expression. But let's talk about from the piece of art. Ak is the whole piece of art. Everything. Like it says in the in, in Yem Yem. You know, in Ak, it foresees and knows everything. Even, I say, even when a leaf turns over in the wind, it was all foreseen. Right? So that's the piece of art that none of us are able to see. The most we see is our little figure. So we're one of these seven billion pieces, uh, figures on a piece of art. And let's try, you know, obviously we can live our own lives and just follow our own desires and not never know that even. Let's go further. We figured out that we're a piece, we're that. We figured out that we're that. That would be called recognition of Er Pnimi. That's not Er Makif yet. That's Er Pnimi. That you know now, you know, I'm not just on my own. There's something more. Part of a cloud, or, or more than that even. That you are, uh, you, you're, 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 you're a, um, a musical note, or, a, or a, a, uh, an image. Selim Alekim. Exactly, you're an image of the divine. I'm, I'm, not even if you're, I'm not even talking about if you're a part of other people. Let's just say you are aware that you were placed here, and you're part of the picture. Obviously, it comes together with you have neighbors and you have others, and you're part of a, a team here. You're all part of the art, and we all need each other. But that's fine. That's all part of the picture. Fine. Then you come to uh, then then you uh, so, but the ak piece art is informing your life every second, whether you know it or not. You are a piece of it. Even if you completely deny it, you're still a, a part of Ak. And therefore there is ultim- ultimately some transcendent energy within you to transcend your own individual identity. He's not going in here, difference here between Makif and Primi, but bottom line, this is Makif. It's not Primi. Yeah, this is Makif for sure. Because he says Makif Kloli after the Simpson. It's not, yeah, Ak. Ak. Yeah, Makif, Makif, yeah. Why? It's already started to be imminent. No, no, no. We're talking here. Listen, we're talking here. It's already the picture. Why don't you have a picture that's imminent? It's okay. You have a painting. You can't have a painting. It's a good question. It's a good question. But the answer is that there's two parts. Ak has Igulim and Yesher. Okay? Remember, everything in existence has Makif and Pnimi. Even Atsilus. Atzilus has Kesser of Atzilus and has Spheres of Atzilus. For all practical purposes, he's talking about the Kesser of Ak. Think of it. Ak is a Kesser Kloli. That's what it means. It means, in other words, uh, the, the transcendence does not just is not just exclusive to before the symptom. It also enters the symptom. Remember, this is the key. The Kav doesn't just go down. It makes Igulim in the black hole, in the dark hole. Why? Because you want transcendence also in existence. You don't just want it before the tzimtzum. That was a key element. That's why he said in the last chapter, he spoke about makifim pratim. Exactly. Exactly. So if you look at the end of chapter 59, you'll see he speaks specifically and says there's the two. There's the rot, there's machshav, there's, uh, he speaks tehira tata, bechinis machshav agdom verotzen hakodam akol sishtalshlis. In other words, let me, let me, let's take the art. Let, I'll, I'll, I'll use the example of the art. The art is not a perfect example because obviously an artist is not God, so he doesn't have all these levels. But let's, I could still use the example, I think, to some extent. Yeah, you know what? Actually, not only to some extent, he actually used it earlier. If you remember about Eda El Al-Kalona with the letters. I used art, but that's the same thing as a book. You have letters in a, in a, in a, in a book. 
Each of us is a letter. Then we come to realize, you know what, I'm a letter of a word. Oh, if I'm a letter of a word, the word is more than the sum of the parts. That is the beginning of Ermakiv. But then you come to discover even more. That the, the power to create words, to combine letters, is even more the Kei HaMetzadav, remember? is more than just Baruch. The word Baruch is more than Beis Reish Vav Chav. It means blessing and all the meanings of blessing. You, you ask me where the imminent is? The imminent is the meaning of the letters, the meaning of the word is imminent. The makif is the is the, the, the is the synergy, the synergy of the letters. The idea, the idea. Yeah, you can explain it different ways. One second. So we're climbing now backwards. Then you come to realize that there's a powerful author here who knows how to combine words in such ways. Then you come to realize there's an author who doesn't. He's not even bound by words. Then you find out there's an author who's not even bound by being an author. Right there, you got yourself. I gave you four or five levels of transcendence. Okay? Hold on. Hold on. Yeah, I said that. Uh, one second. So let's... Uh, now, we, 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 God wants us to be a, a, a process and wants us to integrate all this. It's not a jump. Oh, now I found out I'm a word. The next jump is that God is beyond words. No. He wants us to climb the ladder. So we have to integrate it all. So there's makifim on every level that help us go from the imminent to the transcendent. Once you figure out there's a word... Now, what's, what's the transcendent dimension? Then you go further and further. Now, let's work our way backwards. The transcendent, then, before the tzimtzum, you have the root of all, of Eir, Eir. Eir ain't Sof. Let's start with Eir ain't Sof. Eir ain't Sof, revealing ex- divine expression. Gili ha'etzem. It's all it is. That, in turn, says, I want to have now a piece of art, a book. Let's the same thing. Uh, a composition of music. It's all there, completely encompassed in the transcendent. He spoke at length that without the tzimtzum, Esosphere's Hagnuzas have no substance. There it's completely in God's vision. But it's a, but, but you have the beginning, what he calls Tehiratat Ilah, the ten hidden spheres. He's now not discussing what their impact is yet on us. That will be later, he's speaking. Then comes the tzimtzum, and now you're beginning to, the art has now taken shape. So, yes, on one hand, the, the aspect of the art, the structure of the art is, is, is primi. But there's still an element of transcendence here, because ak is, is, is still a rotsen. It's a desire, but now it's a desire as it's in the art. So if you ask an artist, if you go to an artist, there's basically two parts. There's the individual components that we spoke about as each of us, the individual letters. Then there's the sum total of it all, so it's still, you can say, is the ten spheres. But then there's the synergy beyond the ten spheres. And Ak has all that. And the Makif of Ak is the transcendent element that he's discussing here. In other words, it's within the structure, within the piece of art, there's a transcendent dimension that is more than just the art, than the, the sum of the parts. That's the bottom line. So let's put it this way. There's two ways, I, I mean, he's not speaking about the market club, but I'll give you an example. There's two ways you can analyze a piece of art. Now that, I, now that you've come to a point, we've, we've come to the point that it's not a bunch of details that are in detached. We're all part of a book, we're all part of music, we're all part of a, a piece of art. So now you look at the whole art and say, okay, let me analyze it. You start studying it, and you can start discovering elements of the artist that are not, the sum of, they're not, they're not just the sum of the parts. You know, he planted all kinds of, you know, you start understanding God. You start understanding the artist. But it's all after the tzimtzum. And then, 
there's energy before the tzimtzum that she's going to speak later about what its impact is. It's going to give you much more picture of the, of the artist than Ah can give us. Ah can give us a picture, a transcendent picture of the divine, but it's still within the structure of existence. When we learn the other one, but the impact of Tehiri Allah is, obviously we'll have a good contrast. So for practical purposes, the Kav creates Igulim, and here we're talking about the Igulim of Ak. Ak is a Makif, not as a Pnimi. Okay. For sure it has to have both aspects. Even the ten hidden spheres before Ak have that. Huh? Right. Well, higher, there's no shape and form. There's no, there's uh, higher. Yeah, okay. One second. Now, I want to just throw in this. So, so we have the effect of Ak on us. That there's a bitl that's concealed. So within all of us, we're all pieces of this piece of art. Whether we know it or not, we're part of a big picture. So it's like when you tell somebody, I met you, Ashgach Pratis, and the guy says, I don't believe in divine providence. So I'm not saying you say this to him, but the point is, listen, whether you believe it or not, there's a, there's a picture here. There's a choreography. Maybe in five years from now, you'll learn. You know, like all of us, you suddenly learn there's something, a bigger picture going on. So the choreography going. So it's there. That's what, so Ak has a direct impact on us, but it's complete bitl. Yesh Lamer, where is it revealed a bit? By the mere fact that we're alive. The mere fact that we're walking on this earth means that some Chayas Elikiyah has entered us. Minimum. Like he says, even a clip of Elikad Elikiyah. But they're aware that there's some type of energy. So that, that is itself is a little, let's put it this way, it's not airtight. Something of Ak has smuggled itself into our existence. And it's the, and it's the beginning. I mean, Isaiah doesn't say this, but I would give an example. Like some people who come, who think about it, the first awareness they come to something that is beyond them is that they have life. You start thinking, where does life come from? Why is one person dead? I remember when my father passed away, I was in the hospital. And right, right before that, someone's also father passed away. You know, she told me that she, doesn't, she never believed until the second when her father died. That's when she started believing. I said, what? She said, here was a person alive and suddenly not. What happened? What's this life force? The mystery of the life force got to her. But she didn't understand it as long as we're walking around. We take it for granted. So the life force, I'm not saying he's saying this exactly, but the life force is not to be dismissed. It is a revelation. You may not interpret it right. You could say, hey, I'm self-made and I can do whatever I want. But to say that there's a revelation there, it's not completely dead. If this was an inanimate universe and we couldn't think and we couldn't walk and talk, you have a bigger problem. How do we even get out of this place? We at least have life. And that's also a blessing. So basically, that's the revelation. Now, the thing I wanted to add now was the whole middle of the chapter, which was the more complicated part. But I would just say the following. The key thing here is like this. That Ak, the Tirita has an impact, I just said, the Bitl. So that I went straight to the end of the chapter. But then there's this whole piece about Yediyah and Pekhira. As I think I said yesterday, but it's very clear to me, reading it again, I looked in Tanya and Perik Memches, which she excites. There, you also see, especially when you learn this piece, Nayim Beis, how the Alter Rebbe is also struggling with exactly the same question. But it's not on the same level. There he's also struggling, how could something be outside of existence and also be giving life to existence? And he uses examples there. He uses examples that you see that on one hand existence exists, at the same time God is everywhere. It says, And then he goes with an example with a human being. He says, imagine you envisioning something, an object. When you envision the object, you surround the entire object. 
And yet you're not in it because it's only an image. And then he uses that human example and says the same thing as with this is Tanya. Same with the Ebishter. The Ebishter envisions existence. The only difference is when we envision it doesn't do anything. And God's vision creates. That's where he goes the whole thing. And that's where he says, so if it creates, how come we don't feel it? The answer is because it's hidden and concealed. It's makif. Meaning, the same issue. If something is giving life and energy, but we don't sense it. That's what he calls their seviv. That's called seviv. That's the chapter on seviv. That seviv is not outside. It's within, but it's, it's concealed. It's so-called aloof. It's transcendent, basically. So what, he's, what, what this chapter takes it further with, with Tanya doesn't go is so what happens exactly in Tanya basically it goes out like this so God envisions existence his vision creates he says like he says there it's, it's, the lesson there is the exact expression as he says he's one with his knowledge and then he says clearly that we, we can't relate to such a knowledge the words from the Rambam that you can't to relate to such a knowledge, because uh, we, you know we, we, we only relate to things outside of us. We know something outside. We don't understand knowing something from within. from knowing yourself, you know existence. Fine, that's the Rambam. I'm saying this for a reason, a very important reason. and the reason that the world doesn't feel it because it's in a form of makif. God concealed this this energy, and like He says there. That's the parentheses. You need all the tzimtzumim, all the concealments. Because if the world was coming to creation from God's vision alone, it would not be a world as we know it. That's the point here. And this is lower, that's one level, that's Tanya. On a more a more, dakizdik, a more subtle level is what he said in the beginning, earlier, that God's desire and idea creates, but ain't keichasapel. That's not the Tanya. Because as we discussed, that's simply because God's potential is like actual. So he's not lacking anything. If you remember, it was complete, but it's completely ethereal on the state of Koyach. Then there's another level, the Tanya, that actually creates a Yesh. However, it cannot be revealed in the Yesh or else it would not be able to exist. And it needs some Tzumim or else it would not be the way it is. The, the Poyol that's in the Koyach not only wouldn't be the way it is, it would be a completely different reality. It would be something on God's, on a God dimension. Here, it would be not such a big yesh or whatever. It would be, it's apparent for me, at the Tanya and the Enkei appeal seem to be two levels because it's a question and he answers it and then he goes, but Tanya, he does say, you know, that's a, yeah. But then there's a third level. No, Hagam the pale the pale it is through this idea. Okay, then there's a third level, as you pointed. Then there's a third level, and that is before before it actually um, arose in his desire. You could say it's like before it arose in his desire. There's also God envisions what's going to come. And here, this envision, however, doesn't create. Because just like, this is what he says, just like, just like God has that power, that through 
envisioning something, something creates, like he says in Tanya, he also has the power in a higher level that when he's just knowing it, it shouldn't affect existence. That's what he says here. I mean, it shouldn't create existence. It's an interesting twist because it's seemingly it's like two opposite things. The same koyachal that here, when we know something, nothing is created. When God knows, it creates. That's, that's the power of God. That same God has also another power that he could know and not create. In many ways, it's a little greater even, actually. Because you think God's knowledge would automatically bring something into being. That means that idea... Why is that? Why? No, no I'm, I'm going to explain. Because that idea is moved. One second. In Tanya there, in Tanya there, that's Ratzin, by the way. Yeah, yeah fine, that's fine. But it's also he calls it an idea. He, he, listen, desire means he knows it. It's, it's you know, it's not the idea is in the sphere of das. It's, it's, it's a way of knowing. So, let's put it this way: you can't call it knowing, but you can't call it not knowing. Think of it that way. There's like a yudea yudua. Because in Ak, because he wants to apply it to Ak, and Ak, there is the knowing, the, the seeing, the art, you know everything that's going to come. You want to say that you know everything that's going to come and it still doesn't impact it. To say that you desire everything, is not, there's no question. Desiring something for sure doesn't have an impact. But you know, you know everything that's going to come, that's the thing. You know, you, basically it's like, uh, let's put it this way, there's the desire of the artist to draw art and his awareness of the piece of art. The awareness is, is a more of a complicated relationship because awareness seemingly has impact. Desire, okay, he's an artist that desires and he's ta- detached from it. It's a good question, but I, but I, I have to say something like this. I will say something very vital here. You go on Tanya, there's a Hagah on Tanya. And I think that's hinted to here. He doesn't say it. Which, but, so maybe I'm wrong, but I'll, I'll say it anyway. In Tanya, he says, he says that God knows and from his knowing, that's how he creates but then he goes now God, the same Hagah like in Perik Beis, the Maral, that God is beyond knowledge. The Rambam says God is knowledge; He's one with His knowledge, and so on. But then there's the opinion that God is less. What's the lashon? What's the lashon? Posachal Yo. Hakim v'leib b'chacham ha'yidiyach. Even does it say das also? It doesn't matter. But bottom line is that God is beyond das. So in Tanya, the answer is that there's the two levels. Talk about Atmos, the Etzem, he's beyond. But then he chose to Maslabish in Primis, in the Sphiris, and then you have Das. Even though that's Primis, I think that here there's also these two levels. There's as arose in his desire and his knowledge to create, and that creates, but it needs Tzimtzumim. Then there's Hariyarot's idea, it Kedim Shinisava Elamis. So though it's not the level in Tanya, because there he's speaking even, but it's seemingly very similar. Because it's like a place where he knows, but not with knowledge. Because as soon as he knows with knowledge, that creates. This is before. So the Rambam would be speaking the level of who are you there, that he knows, and with his knowledge, through knowing himself, he knows existence and creates existence. But the level before that is that he knows, but it does not create. Why? Because that's already apart from. I would say, if I, if I could be bold enough, I would say that this idea, this higher one, is like Kedem Alei 
And the lower one is the Leis Aratzen. That's what I would say. In other words, before he rose in his desire, there's also, remember, he saved his clawless. But that doesn't do anything yet. And then there's, when he actually desires, and that's, the ten spheres begin to be shaped. Not actual shape, but you could talk about ten spheres. So on a lower level, that's these two things. And then, he goes on. And same thing, after the world's, this is before. This idea does not shape and does not compel us to act. And all this is coming to explain the relationship of Ak with our existence. That's how we began this whole thing. It's all coming to explain one line. The line is that Bittl from Machmas Sir Kemedaku Behelam Echain and Murgish bin Avraim Klaal Bitlaza. This whole explanation is only coming to explain that line. The line that you have a bitl but it's completely concealed from us. Because if how is it possible that we're part of a piece of art and we're completely unaware of it? To the point, not only unaware, remember the line is that we should even feel that we're not part of any picture, we're completely separate from God. How is that possible? That's the dilemma here. Because if Ak is influencing us, so it's influencing. If it's not, how is it possible? So he needs a good explanation of something that's there and not impacting us. And Yidiyah Bechir is the example he uses. Which, in, on a little higher level, is Yidiyah and Yisavos. But it's the same idea. That there's, God knows, but does not impact. So the part that he does impact is not relevant, actually. That's all the questions asked. The Yidiyah that, that creates, whether it's Enkei Chosepel, or the Yidiyah that creates, like Tanya, that's actually not what he wants. Because that has impact. He wants the idea, a knowledge that doesn't have impact, but it's still there. He wants it as an example. Yeah, yeah. That's what he searches for. That's basically. So let me just think this through a second. Hold on. Once, once, once. Let me just say something. You know, something. I think, I think, I, I think I'll go even a step further. The, mm, not mamish. I was going to say that the idea that creates is more like erpnimi, but it's not because he calls it tanya ermakif. It's. That's not why he brought the whole thing for Ermakiv. He just brought it as an example for, like what he said. Yeah, but I'm just wondering, one second, but, but this is Ermakiv that does impact. Now, so I have a question here. The Tanya is speaking about Seviv that does have impact, but we don't feel the impact. And he's going here deeper, that is impact. We also don't feel it. Mizaf is, is good for Shtein. It's still still not understood by me. But you understand what I just asked? Yeah, exactly. Why do, you, why do you have to go higher? Now, the level of Tanya is not sufficient for Yidi and Pechira, I think. Maybe that's why. Because the level of Tanya, it's, you need it, it's concealed. You need it somewhere else. Existence will not be. But to say that we actually have free will, maybe that's what you can't say from the Tanya. Because free will means need more detachment. Tanya, even the makif of Tanya maybe is too close for comfort, so to speak. That's maybe the reason. One second, let me just think one second. That's what he says. There's the, the kol yachl of Tanya is that Yediyah is Savus. The kol yachl 
he's speaking here is that Yediyah, the higher Yediyah does not compel, does not create. Because the Tanya is also explaining Makif. That's what's bothering me. If the Tanya was not explaining Makif, Tanya was explaining Mamala Kalam and that you know, the, the imminent energy doesn't impact. No, it's, even though it's giving us life and it's connected to us, you know, sort of Mamoris, and we, not, we, don't, we, we can deny it or something, then of course, then goes the next level, even save it. But the Tanya is speaking about save it. And that save of his, and, and so he's saying Ak is even higher than the save of Tanya. That's what's about instant. That's why he has to, that's why he's going to try to go higher, because Ak is much higher. No, no, I, I understand. I, I, I know he's doing that. I'm just, I'm just trying to spell out what's going on here. Just let me go the, 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 after the parentheses again. Comes and calls out some sumim. Achari hoyerotzen zerkesha ola beritzene lias mizayisavus. Okay, bottom line is you have to say Ak has an, an element of kredim, of, of, of uh, that's what's bothering me also here. Because look, see Ak, the Pashtus, remember, Ak is after the Tzimtzum. So the Pashtus, it's coming after all the Beritzene. But he's saying here that Ak has an element, it seems like an element of kredim, like that's l'cheda, not Ak. But it clearly, uh, yeah, he's saying that, because um, then he says, Okay. I mean, I would say ostensibly, and I need some more eon like this. The Tanya talks about Hisavos. That Makiv creates. The idea is Hisavos. That's already Olabrit saying he already desired. And it's, so the knowledge creates. However, it's detached, so it's makif, and also needs all these tzimtzumim, concealments, so it should be a, a creation as it is now, not something else. Fine. But doesn't talk about pechira. Then there's a, a idea, a rotsin idea that's higher than that. And that manifests in ak to some extent. That's why ak is tehira tata. That's the point. Ak is like, is ak is the tehira love before the tzimtzum, how it manifests after the tzimtzum. Because look at these words. It says, that's before. That line. Uh, five lines after, six lines after the parentheses. Remember, it goes like this. Before the parentheses, it says, right? Skip all that. You see that? Then he goes, that's all Kedem. Meaning now we're talking Ak. You still have that level that was Kedem. In other words, that level is still is still uh, emanating. Doesn't have an impact. And then the parentheses, even though it's not a Mokr. You see, the Tanya is a Mokir. In Tanya is a Mokir. Here he's talking about something that's higher than Mokir. But it, 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 it's there. It's very dense and, and, and the Kitzer. But you have to say that there is an Ak, an element that's higher than the Makif of Tanya Pedic Memches. Okay. I just want to state that for the record. I, 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 mean, I think I, I understand what that higher thing is. 
Well, the higher he says, it's kaidim. He says, "Arotzni di edi kaidim shnei sava elamis." Magid meresh is achis. That word is what what differentiates it between what what the Tanya is saying. The Tanya is makif is much closer. It does it? it we do feel it. it. Does impact us more. How do we feel it? it? Doesn't say how we feel it there. Here it is at least a feeling. That it doesn't say what, how we feel it. See here, he says, for example, you have to say. You just said for the last half, uh, for the last hour, that every every everything eminent has transcendence. Yeah, but how is that different than this one? I, I got it. I, I'm saying, but how? How do you feel that one? Here, he says, you feel it through the chayes. How do you feel the tanya one more? Because you know it's there. You you you, you sense it. You 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 have like certain. We but this, we we also sense it this way. Anyway, fine. What time is it? 10.30. Huh? 10.30. So we can't even go further. No, the next chapter. I'm not going to go to the next chapter now. It's a heavy thing. It needs to be talked through. There's nothing wrong with having a discussion. I'm not... I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm right now remaining in a Tzorachim here. I have to learn the Tanya again. I have to see the Tanya. Because he's clearly making a distinction between Tanya and here. And I can't figure that out. I have no problem. Okay, fine. Ak has a revelation that's higher than the, the Savior of Tanya. I've got, that's fine. But what's the difference? There, there, what's, there's no, you can't say what you're saying. It's impossible to say what you're saying. Because Savior of the Savior. If, if Tanya has an impact, then why doesn't he bring the Tanya's impact? He's trying to bring something that's more detached. But 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 what but Tanya is also talking about Savior. That's what I'm saying. Tanya is also talking about a market. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's fine. That's, I'm not. I'm not concerned with Ak having higher. I'm trying to understand the difference between this. Basically, the difference between the Tanya, where his knowledge creates, and the higher level where the knowledge doesn't create. So, they're both talking about Makif. So first of all, why is there this, this distinction? Fine, there's two levels. But what is the impact of Tanya, the Tanya Makif? Look, where, where does Tanya Makif fit anyway? What is it, Kesar of Atsilis? I don't think so. Sevev in Tanya is pretty big, pretty, he talks Sevev there in a very general sense of the word. And he's explaining the level of Tanya, that's, that's the, the, the level of Sevev. I, I heard the level, I, but, I don't, you don't understand my question? Yeah, I understand. Yeah, but... I, there's definitely there's a distinction here. Why can't he just say the Yediyah B'chira may be the issue because as I said that Tanya doesn't cover. But why can't the Tanya explain Yediyah B'chira too? He creates with it and his Kol Yochel doesn't impact our choice. So maybe the problem is because if it's creating it that call Yochel's right. It's creating and not impacting. If it's not creating, so there's more detachment. I, I, I understand that he's going there. But, you know, Tanya is a Tanya at the end of the day. It, it, it has to fit. This can't be, it's not, it, it can't it's contradict for sure, it can't. I'm just trying to understand the, the levels here. Well, you have to say that. Ultimately, with Pchira, See, the language, it sounds like a Mamala language. Usually you speak, 
mamalakalaman, which gives life to the individual thing, cannot has if it if it knows what you're going to do tomorrow, it's going to impact you because it's giving you life. Seviv is more detached. That's generally how we say it. Here in Seviv itself, he's making two levels. Fine, I understand that. I, I'm just, I'm just looking for Havana here. I'm not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's the whole. Early, remember Pedik Bemches, not Seviv Mechutz. It's that's the whole point of Tanya. Yeah, I I wish the Tanya. Were. It's interesting. I, I have to also be my eye. This may be discussed somewhere, you know, because it's a pretty obvious. Uh, it's not a contradiction. It's, it needs Havana. It needs explanation, because it's clearly also understanding Tanya better. I have to go back to the time. Listen, we've got to learn more. It doesn't fundamentally change what he said here, because bottom line is Ak has an impact, and we know its impact. If anything, I'd say the Tanya is higher than Ak, because it's the Rots and Klali for the worlds. Creates, but it's the Rotson that creates. Now, the, the the key line that needs explanation is this one, this level, that there's a Rotson it kedim shen sava elamis. There's magid mereishis achris. That's not Tanya. That's the key line. We need to understand that. I, I want to see if I can find that elsewhere in Chassidus. Huh? No, 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 no. Chachmas Tamar, first of all, is more premius. I wouldn't go there at all. No, no, we're not talking that. I'm not looking for the level. I'm looking to understand the, the, the explanation. To look, I have to go back to this sugi of Yidir and Pechira at the end of the day. That's the key here. That's because I think it's very, the question that you also took. You see, also, as I told you, if he had skipped the Holy Sabbath part, it would be th- a thousand times easier to understand. Look, you know, Yidir and fine. She's giving a good example for Helen. He must have given an example. She ain't a mortgage bin of Rhyme Cloud. And if he would have said, okay, God knows everything. And it's even Mahava with that knowledge. And it doesn't affect Abkhira. And they would skip all this and then jump right to the end. Because Yudi has moved Ellis. I'll take out this whole section. Seemingly nothing would be missing. Once you start bringing that, it creates. And then that, huh? The Yudi creates. And then Tanya creates this. And here we're talking higher. That's where I, I, I'm thrown a bit. Okay. Listen. It's all right. We just said we need a little transcendence. So here's a little... We don't get everything. Huh? The question is also why you have to go there. Everybody is now watching the behind the scenes what's happening. That's good. I, I'm, I'm intentionally doing that. I thought you were kind of like attached now. No, no, no. I'm trying to convey... If anyone out there in cyberspace sees this, you have a good explanation, please submit it in writing. <laughs> Not just... Uh, uh, okay, let's stop here. So we did a summary, basically a review of chapter 60 again. And uh, we will continue.